Yeah, I, I could say when I came as a freshman, Max was someone definitely all the young guys looked up to back, back in those uh, days when we were winning one game. So, you know, definitely uh, guys like him and Dallas and Manly helped turn it around. And, we are the tribe from the north. We're brave and we're bold. Defeating our rivals never gets old. Making our way to the Big Sky Conference. Watch out, because here comes the silver and gold. Welcome back, Tribe from the North, Brave and Bold, to the official, unofficial podcast of your Idaho Vandals and the Vandals affiliate for the Big Sky Podcast Network. Uh, Chris is running a little bit late, so I am your stepping host, Alex Boatman, and I'm, we're joined by the godfather of Tubbs, Tubbs the Club, Sean Kramer. Hi, how you guys doing? Coming to you from Taipei, Taiwan. All the way across the ocean. And today we have a really special guest, uh, former uh, Vandal legend, BC Line and Winnipeg Blue Bomber, Max Ford. Max, how are you doing, man? Uh, doing great. I think legend might be a little bit strong, but I'm, uh, I'm very honored uh, to hear that verbiage. So. <laughs> Max, I don't play with you for a year, but it was, it was awesome. So um, before we get going here, we're going to hit Max, before I hit Max with some questions, I'd like to remind you that today's podcast is brought to you by Montucky Cold Snacks. Montucky Cold Snack. Ain't nothing like cracking a Montucky Cold Snack. An ultra-refreshing light beer born in majestic Big Sky Country. The best part is, when you crack a snack, you're giving back. Montucky Cold Snacks donates 8% of all profits back to local causes, even right here in Idaho, supporting organizations like the CW Hogs and Idaho Food Bank. Yeehaw! That's freaking awesome. Montucky Cold Snacks. The light American lager for Pow Pow Rippers, Gator Wranglers, Pony Riders, and Badass Do-Gooders. Visit MontuckyColdSnacks.com to figure out how to get yo ass some snacks. All right. First, I'm doing the ad read. I hope I did all right. Hopefully, Chris <laughs> thinks that's good. But, Max, um, you know, good to see you. It's been a few years since, since I've seen you, probably since you came back for a homecoming. Um, we're now both just living in Seattle area. I, I know I am. Are you over here right now? I'm uh, in Arizona, actually. Oh, Arizona. See, I came over to your homeland and you left. Went yeah. for the warm weather. That's why um, I'm sweating a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, Max, to get started off here, just kind of talk us through, you know, maybe playing high school ball at Woodenville and then how you kind of ended up in Idaho. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I started uh, playing high school ball at Woodenville. It was a three-year high school back then, uh, four-year high school now. But, um, yeah, so my first year in high school ball was my sophomore year. Um Pretty much scout team, uh, got to play when the blue teams out. Uh, or, well, we didn't really lose a whole lot, so mostly when we blue teams out. Um, and then my junior year, I worked my way into a starting role. Um, we had a pretty senior-laden team. Um, and my biggest – I uh, I didn't want to let those guys down, so I was just trying to play the best I could for that. Uh, college wasn't really on my radar. Um, I think it was my third – start my third game that junior year was uh at back then it was quest field uh century Link field now uh downtown seattle and uh there was a, a scout there from one of those uh, recruiting services or whatever and i remember uh somebody came up to me um a couple weeks later and was telling me like there's this write-up about me uh from from that little showcase from uh, we played east lake high school in that game i had a good game uh i guess that game and uh so that was kind of my first time where I was like, wow, maybe I can play collegiately. Um, and from there, I started getting some uh, some mail from different schools. I, 
uh, first, I think my first letter, recruiting letter was from uh, Stanford, which is pretty cool. Um, didn't end up really getting any much farther than that in the recruiting process with them, but uh, that was, that was kind of cool. And then, sorry, my dog's uh, got on a little bit, but no, uh, yeah, Idaho, uh, Washington State, uh, Air Force, Army, and uh, it was Wyoming were the five schools that ended up uh, offering me. They all offered me kind of between the March uh, like the end of my junior year, and um, I think between March and maybe May, right there, maybe uh, May June. So like within a couple month window, I got all all five of the offers I ended up having, and um, just the relationship I had with the coaching staff that was there at the time uh, is kind of what led me to the University of Idaho. Uh, to this day, I still uh, hit up my uh, old D line coach, Coach Anna, uh, from time to time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, he's a uh, I don't know like. Yeah, obviously my dad is like number one father figure in my life, but Coach Anna is uh like somebody out of somebody I'm not related to. Like that's one of the top father figures I've had in my life. So a very recognizable figure around Moscow when he was when he was there. Oh yeah, no, he, he's a he's a he's a man's man, and he uh mm-hmm. he treated you like family. Like uh, he would he would have us over. Uh, his wife would cook for us sometimes, and is uh shoot, I went up to his office and would just talk on days off, even just to talk football, talk life, talk everything. So he, he's he's a very special person to me, for sure. He's up at uh, he's up at Eastern now, I think, still, isn't he? Yep. Yeah, he's a D coordinator over there now. Awesome. I'm awesome. Sorry, Sean? Yeah, that's a good job. Um, yeah, what was it? So, I mean, you know, connections with the coaching staff is really important, but, you know, with so many other schools and things to consider – what was it about Idaho when you got to the campus, when you got to explore the school? What was it about Moscow and Idaho that really just you were like, this is it. This is my spot. Um, so for me, um, I know I remember we uh, spoke with uh, Mario Reyes. He was uh, the representative from the business school. Uh, that was something that I knew I wanted to do was go to uh, get my, my major in a, a business field. I wasn't sure which discipline quite yet. Um, but I knew I wanted to do business. And so Mario Reyes was, uh, uh, I should say Dr. Reyes, uh, was the, the one that met with me. And uh, he kind of talked to me about uh, the College of Business and Economics there at, the, at Idaho, and, uh, the Integrated Business Curriculum, uh, IBC, which I understand is in, uh, they've changed it since then. But uh, hmm. I think that that was something that was pretty unique that a lot of places didn't have. But uh, past that, just... I don't know. The, the environment on campus is very welcoming. Uh, yeah. you, there's something for everybody, really. Um, I yeah. wasn't really somebody who was a big partier in high school by any means. Uh, when I went on some of my other trips, uh, my host would try to take me to parties and stuff, and that wasn't really for me. Yeah. Uh, went on my visit to Idaho. Uh, they had uh, actually another Woodenville guy. He, I never played with him because he's a bit older than me, but Aaron Labarius was my host. Oh, Really? Yeah. yeah. That's a legend too. Yeah. Yeah. He's a, he's a beast. I look up to him. Uh, but uh, he, he was my host and he wasn't taking me to all of those parties that the guys at the other schools were. And he was kind of doing what the kind of stuff that I like to do. And I just kind of kick back, relax, hang with the guys. I can uh, kind of, I can get him a treat real quick so he can be quiet. Hey, no problem. I'm sorry. Here. You're all right. I know we're live. Hey man, it's a hard life being a dad. It's a hard life being a dad. <laughs> especially, especially to a 
a child that likes to bark so much of that as a dog. Oh my God, yeah. So I can't get a dog yet, man. They are a huge commitment. Hey, but Max is living that married life. Yeah, okay, <laughs> he, I swear he only does this when I'm on the phone or I'm on a Zoom call. He knows when he can yeah, they want the, he wants the attention, man. He wants the yeah, he wants attention. <laughs> hey, man, you yeah. signed up for it. You wanted to be a dad. Oh, he's awesome, man. I, I wouldn't trade it for the world. He's he's awesome. Yeah. But yeah. Uh, so we, uh, Casey, okay, so talked about your visit, Moscow, kind of how you got recruited. Um, talk about, um, I think a lot of kids, when they when they get to college, you have expectations, you kind of have a vision in your head, and then uh, sometimes it probably doesn't match reality. You know, what was what were the the toughest things about adjusting to college? What are some things that you didn't expect? You know, about playing college football, and some things that you were really maybe pleasantly surprised with. Um. That's a good question. Um, I would say, as far as not expecting, um, when you come, so pretty much everybody, uh, Alex can attest to this for sure. Uh, when you're coming out of high school uh, to play college ball, uh, you're coming there because you were really good in high school. <laughs> so there's a lot of guys that uh, that are coming in the best of the best at their school and now trying to, uh, to play at the next level. And so um, to do that, you got to have a little bit of a mindset where you think you're really good, and uh, coming in as a freshman, sometimes you find out you're maybe not as good as you think. <laughs> so uh, I had to work uh, really hard to kind of get past, uh, I don't know, you, ha you have those uh, welcome to college kind of moments. Mm -hmm. um, I remember I got up there, it was, I believe, late June or early July of uh, before my freshman year. Uh, joined the weight program, and I remember my first day in the weight program, one of our assistant strength coaches uh, his name was Nate. Uh, I was struggling. He could see it. He could see I was working hard, but I was struggling. He, he came up to me after the workout. He told me uh, Rome wasn't built in a day. And I mean, that's one of those things everybody's heard before. And mm -hmm. uh, like I'd heard it a hundred times before, but that day kind of really resonated with me. And uh, I got to work on that. And um, I remember going to fall camp though. And I still wanted to take on the biggest and baddest guys. We were doing, uh, yeah. we are doing board drills. And uh, I remember uh, at the time, uh, two probably uh, best offensive linemen that we had would have been uh, Matt Cleveland and Tyrone Novikov. And so uh, – NFL guys, right? Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's, uh, both of them. And so um, I decided – I was true freshman. I, I didn't really care, though. I didn't – like, I, I want to compete <laughs> with the best. And so we were doing board drills, uh, which uh, for those uh, that are listening that don't know board drills, just line up uh, – a board and you get two guys on either side and you just basically, it's a battle of wills. And sometimes I guess uh, in this case, probably just straight up strength because I wasn't strong enough yet, <laughs> but uh, you just get a, uh, whoever can push the other guy off the end of the board basically wins. And so, uh, yeah, I decided I was going up against Tyrone and he, he beat me pretty handily. And uh, I, I got a little injury from that, but uh, it was all good. I, <laughs> I bounced back and uh, redshirted. Uh, it was a good year for me uh, to kind of learn the ropes and uh, just just improve. And I, nobody likes redshirting, but I think at the end, uh, everybody who did redshirt will tell you that that uh, that last season they got out of it, they're they're better for it because I mean, redshirt senior year is gonna most likely be better than what you would have been as a true freshman. So, yeah, Max. You know, uh, I only played you for that. My freshman year was your uh, your last year there. 
is with uh, Petrino's second year. But you you went through three head coaches in, yeah. in your time there in Moscow. Um, you know, you came in as an AK guy. You know, he got fired yeah. halfway through 2012. Yes. Coach Gesser and then Coach Petrino. Just kind of yeah. wanted you to elaborate mm-hmm. on maybe the differences, some highs and lows with each coach, um, favorite and favorite parts, I guess. Just anything you got. Uh, I mean, there's a lot of – I don't know. It's it's hard to say, really, because, like, for me, I was just focused on trying to help the team win. Um, with There's definitely some differences, I guess. Uh, Coach Aki, uh, I know everybody sees him. Uh, like, I mean, yeah, he's like he's a guy that you could talk to. He's like calling everybody Bubba and all that kind of stuff, and uh, <laughs> got that voice. Uh, has a uh, he? How are y'all doing today? Oh yeah, and has the <laughs> recruiting visits. He'd uh, have uh, these big old stakes that are, uh, I think, from I forget where it was. It's somewhere there on campus. They have this, they they make the stakes right there. Um, like vandal vandal meets or something. I don't know, but uh, big old place for the recruiting visits. Uh, and so like he was very uh, definitely a very approachable guy. But when he got mad, uh, you didn't want to be in his way. He definitely uh, flipped that switch and be intense. It wasn't uh just all buddy buddy all the time. But um, I I was cool with that. I think most guys were cool with that because you know that he was gonna be able to go to bat for you uh, no matter what the situation was. Uh, as long as you were willing to put up, put your best foot forward, uh, he was going to do the same. And so I always appreciated that, uh, that with him. And, um, yeah, he's another big reason why through the recruiting process, I ended up at Idaho probably. Um, and then, uh, coach Getzer, uh, yes, he was around for a bit, but only as the head coach, obviously for, uh, what, four or five games, I want to say, mm-hmm. um, maybe more, but, uh, I mean, he was a guy – it was kind of funny because um, – I'm going to whisper this maybe a little bit because <laughs> it's obviously a Vandal podcast, and I, I'm a Vandal yeah. through and through now. But uh, when I grew up, I was a little bit of a Cougar fan. Uh, <laughs> my uh, Both my parents went to Wazoo, and so um, yeah. I remember when he was a the quarterback there and took him to the Rose Bowl. And, like, I was a huge, huge, huge uh, Washington State fan back in that, that time. And so <clears> – <throat> Uh, it was kind of cool to get to work with him um, in, a, in a more personal setting and uh, get to know him a little bit more. Um, as a coach, um, he's definitely a younger guy, but he you could see that he had uh, he's willing to put in any kind of work that he had to do to, to have success. And I remember uh, after he finished that interim role and they were doing uh, interviews and everything. Yeah, he really uh, tried to get that job. He was, uh, and he was very prepared uh, for that interview uh, from everything I've I've heard. And so, yeah, I heard he he prepared like a a binder on every with a page on every single player and on how to improve them and presented that to the president of the university. Yeah, yeah, and so like that's exactly like that's the kind of guy he is. Like he is very attention uh, uh, attention to detail, uh, and I just felt like uh, those couple games that we had. Uh, even though it was a tough situation because you never want to see your coach get fired midseason. Um, that was something that uh, – that was obviously tough. But uh, having him come in, I thought, was uh, those few games was a good little run. And uh, we opened things up a little bit defensively. It was kind of fun to, to do that too. Uh, would have been better if we – obviously over the 
uh, four years that I played, we didn't have a lot of success in the win column. So this could apply to all these, <laughs> all these stories, but uh, it would have been better if we won. Um, but yeah, the defensive packages, we got to do a little bit more radar, uh, rolling around there and uh, kind of give different looks to the offense, which is uh, kind of cool in that little stint. And then uh, with Coach Petrino, um, yeah, it was just pretty intense. Um, yeah, <laughs> a, lot, a lot of long uh, long scrimmages, long practices. Mm -hmm. Oh, man, even the uh, journalists got tired, bro, let me tell you. <laughs> uh, dude, you have no idea. Like, I, I, like yeah, some of those uh, – I know you guys might have got tired, but I, I traded places uh, at the end of some of <laughs> um, I remember one time – as the first year he was there, uh, we had a scrimmage in the spring. I believe – yeah, it was the spring. I had a, a pick six, uh, 63 yards, <laughs> and just called back uh, the number one defense back out for like a 260. And he, and, and he makes you run it. He makes you run it all the way to the end zone too, right? Like oh, you can't I, stop. Yeah. I don't, I don't stop. That doesn't yeah. matter. I, he could have told me to stop, and I was running that one back to the end zone. I, <laughs> I had a chance to carry the ball a lot. I, he could have told me to, to take But I did not ever have a game. It did not matter. Um, I was running that one back, but then, yeah, the w number one defense is back out and man, like that one wasn't so like, that was tough, but there were, uh, that's not even up there on the top of the list as far as some of the tougher things that we did during that, that time. So, yeah. <laughs> I wanna... That's not a good word to describe Coach Petrino as uh, intense. What's that? <laughs> Describing Coach Petrino as intense is perfect. Yeah. yeah. I think that's a good adjective. Uh, I, I want to talk about the transition a little bit. And uh, I, I think all of us who follow this team closely, uh, during the transition, we saw the progress uh, every single year. And um, obviously, it really culminated in 2016. Uh, so I want to I, I just tell you something from the heart, and then I want to ask you kind of a question about that day in 2016. Yeah. Uh, one thing that I will always remember is when I ran on the field to celebrate I saw Dallas Sandberg and Jake Manley. Now they had graduated the year before and I saw that they were really happy, but I can kind of see that they really wished that they were kind of still suited up. So I let them know that what was happening in that game was because of them and the work that they put in to, to, to put their arms around the younger guys. And I feel the same way about you too, because uh, staying there during the transition and, and being a leader, it really means a lot for the development of the culture and the program. Um, what was that night in 2016 like for you? I mean, uh, the conversations that you had with guys, the feeling that you had, uh, the pride that you had that, that you were very much a part of what happened on that night. Um, what you described with Jake and uh, Dallas, what you saw in their eyes probably could apply as well. Uh, it's, always, it's great to see the school have uh, success, uh, have the guys that you played with have that success, and I was so happy for those guys. Um, but it's tough. When you're not, you don't get to be there for it. Um, yeah, put in a, a lot of work, and I, I was glad that uh, yeah, it, it paid off for the program. It just sucks when you're not there for it, to be honest. Uh, but that day was pretty cool. I probably have a little bit of a unique story <laughs> because uh, okay. I actually arrived back in the United States on that day. <laughs> I, really, uh, for my first trip uh, over to Europe. So uh, at the time. Um, so I'm married now. Uh, I've been dating my wife at that time. It would have been, yeah, um, 
don't know. There it is. <laughs> yeah. At that time, I better than a bull ring. <laughs> it's not. It's better. It, oh, you said it's better than a bull ring. Yes, it is. My bad. I, <laughs> I think that that's not a bull ring. My bad. Yes, it is better than a bull ring, but I would also like a bull ring. Like, yeah. <laughs> two would be good, but it is better than the bull ring. But uh, no, so at that time, I've been dating my wife uh, for, let's see, that would have been about a year and a half. And so uh, also my sister was playing uh, basketball over in Germany. And so uh, we started out conference oh, yeah. champion multiple times. Oh yeah. That, that was, it was really fun. I got to go see uh, them win the conference one time in Vegas. I want to say I was 2014. She was a, a freshman that year. Yeah. Oh shoot. They won three times. I think while she was there. So it was hard to keep it, keep it straight out. <laughs> uh, go. Yep. But uh, nah, so at that time she was in Germany. And so I, uh, we flew to Germany. I flew to Germany alone. My wife met me there, uh, then girlfriend. Uh, and my, uh, she's from, uh, from Budapest, Hungary originally. So uh, we took about, I think it was five or six days in Germany where I was playing. We got to watch one of her games, which was pretty sweet. Yeah. Uh, got to, it was just a little bit south of Munich and, uh, mm-hmm. Got to go kind of see Munich a little bit, uh, go to the Christmas markets, which uh, my wife will tell you I absolutely adore Christmas markets, and it's probably true. But it is true. It's no uh, Leavenworth, Washington. Oh, Leavenworth <laughs> is dope too. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, it's uh, not 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 quite the same. But it, it's Leavenworth's awesome. But uh, so yeah, we did Germany. Went to uh, then yeah. after a couple days, uh, six days there, we went to. Uh, to Venice for two or three days and then to Rome for about five days. And then I uh, went back to, to Budapest uh, where she, my uh, wife is from and I got to hang with her family over there. And then, uh, so yeah, on the, the day of the bowl game was the day I got back from, uh, I think it was about three week uh, total trip uh, mm-hmm. over in Europe. And so I got back to my dad's uh, apartment. Uh, I was hella jet lagged. <laughs> Uh, tired as hell. We turned on the TV though as soon as I got in. I think it was uh, I want to say either the second or the third quarter. I can't remember. Uh, yeah. But uh, there was already a ton of points scored in the game. I can't remember the score at that point in time. And then uh, yeah, we just pulled away. It was so cool seeing. Uh, I think I, if I remember correctly, I want to say I got in, gotten home in time for uh, Jordan's one-handed grab. That was uh, oh my god, that was right in front of me, man. I was just yeah, like. Yeah. This is not real life. Oh my god! Oh yeah, it was cold. It was cold. It was cold. Oh yeah, it looked like the field was a ice, uh, a hockey rink out there. It so, was. Yeah, it was. Uh, oh it was just fun watching the guys do their thing, have fun out there, and uh, get to to get that payoff of uh, winning a bowl game after everything uh, that they've gone through, all the work they put in. So. Yeah, man. Awesome. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, you were definitely you were definitely a part of that, and 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 helping turn around the culture, putting your arm around the young guys, and uh, you know transitions are never easy, and and guys like you uh, made it easier. I appreciate you saying that. Yeah, I, I can say when I came as a freshman, Max is someone definitely all the young guys looked up to back back in those uh, days when we were winning one game. So, you know, definitely uh, guys like him in Dallas and Manly helped turn it around, and. I kind of want to touch on that like 2014 team that I was a part of, Max. And it, it's it's interesting. I kind of want to transition to your time in the in the CFL. So that 2014 Idaho team has now three NFL players 
And it's had two guys now playing the CFL. You can talk about Jesse Davis, the Dolphins, yeah. Elijah Penny with the Giants. Um, talking about Jake Luton now with uh, yeah. the Jags. And then you and Dave Unger, uh, you know, both spent some time in the CFL. Um, you know, a school like Idaho, not everyone makes it pro. So it's kind of when you talk about what it's like, how a team actually has those, and in that time actually gets guys to go pro. But then yeah. what is it like, um, you know, being a professional athlete? How tough is it? Um, I mean, yeah. So what, the first part of the question was, uh, having that kind of talent you said. Yeah. Like, you know, with a team that wins one game. Yeah. How do, how does that team have five or six guys and going pro and then, uh, kind of the dedication and, and what's it like having to be your actual job? Yeah. Okay. So like having all that talent, like, it was frustrating because I always <laughs> felt like I'm an eternal optimist and, uh, Every offseason, we come off uh, a one-win season, a two-win season, whatever. Every offseason, I was like, this is going to be the year we're, we're going to turn it around. I saw all this talent we had around us. Mm. Uh, I saw the work we were putting in. I saw the work this coaching staff was putting in. Um, I really felt like every year was going to be the year. Like, that's that's a big reason I stuck it out. <laughs> Sorry, he's uh, going crazy again. But that's a big thing that stuck it out was because uh, he's yelling "Go Vandals!" Yeah, exactly. Yeah. He's uh, yeah, he, he's uh, wearing the black uh, black jerseys. Oh, there you <laughs> go. Yeah, I know we're uh, doing a little bit more silver in the color scheme now, but back when I was playing, it was black. So yeah, yeah you, you have home, home uniform. <laughs> but uh, nah. So just I always believed it was going to be the year and. Unfortunately, while I was there, it wasn't. Uh, but, yeah, like you said, the, we had the talent there. There's a lot of guys that have gone pro. And I just think that the work that it takes is uh, – it's just staying focused, staying dedicated uh, to your craft. Um, it's something that I knew I wanted to do. And I tried to make sure that I minimized any distractions, anything that would take me off that path. And I tried to maximize the things that would help me become better, uh, become a better player. And um, just like going from high school to college, uh, going from college to pro ball, you're going to learn a ton of new things. Um, I'm sorry if he's ruining the broadcast. <laughs> no, it's all good. He's but, good. Uh, he's good. part of the family. Yeah. But, uh, nah, you just learn a ton of new things. Like, I remember my – my first, like, probably week or so in uh, college, I, I, I remember thinking, man, if I knew all this stuff when I was in high school, I would have been this so much better. Like, obviously, I was good enough high school player to, to go play collegiately, but if I knew just those, like, little things that I learned in the first week of college, I would have – I felt like I would have dominated the high school competition. And the same thing uh, going to professional ball. So, like, when you're learning all this stuff, it's a lot of uh, – lots to take in. You just got to be – uh, kind of pliable and uh, just kind of be a sponge and soak it all in. And um, for me, a big thing that uh, I think led to me being able to stick with the team uh, professionally was kind of picking the minds of the veterans. Uh, same thing collegiately, really. Um, you said that a lot of the younger guys looked up to me, which I think that's awesome. But for me, I had the guys uh, like Aaron Labarius, uh, like – Michael Cosgrove, um, the guys that even on the other side of the line that I got to compete against, like Tyrone Novikov, Matt Cleveland, uh, 
Sam Tapua, uh, Jesse Davis on the same side and against. Uh, <laughs> yeah, <that's, laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, it was a it was a good experience. It prepared me to play professionally, and uh, made a lot of good friends along the way too. Do you have any good battles with uh, guys like Aaron Grimes? Just kind of like you know talking matches. Uh, like in college or professionally? In pro, on the pros, because I know you yeah. guys were yeah, you guys were both around Canada a lot. Yeah, yeah. So we both played defense though, so yeah. we weren't really on the field at the same time. But uh, every time before the game, because I would I, I used to like to go to the stadium uh, before we had to be there, because like uh, the team warmups I think started an hour and a half or so before the game, and normally in house yeah. I think was about two and a half or three hours before. And I used to like to go to the stadium about another hour and a half or two hours before that just to kind of relax, get mentally focused, and then uh, start like a little bit of my own warm-up with uh, maybe a couple of the other defensive linemen there. And uh, so being there that early kind of can be a little bit more relaxed, less intense, and kind of ramp that up as you get closer to kickoff. But uh, Rhymes was typically there uh, also <laughs> around that same time, so we'd both be out on the field. we say what's up and kind of kind of kick it for maybe – a minute or two before I uh, went back to doing our routine and get ready to, to try to beat each other. <laughs> He's also a famous father of dogs, so he might be able to give you some advice. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. He, he might be able to get me, uh, give me some advice to help him start barking a little bit. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, I wanted to ask, oh, sorry, Sean. Go ahead. Oh, yeah. Well, I wanted to ask about Jesse Davis because it was really fascinating yeah. how uh, he was a defensive tackle most of his time at Idaho. The Petrino comes in and he's like, well, we're just going to put you at tackle. And lo and behold, you know, he's been with Miami. He just got that contract and, you know, he's starting in the league. Uh, were you able to, like, go against him once he, once he, once he kind of switched sides? And, and what was that battle like? Oh, yeah. When you realized, like, oh, my God, this guy is – he's a natural at this. Well, so, yeah, it's, uh, it's just crazy because, yeah, coming in, uh, we were on the same recruiting visit. Um. And I feel like we hit it off right away. We we're great friends. Mm. Uh, came in, he was a defensive lineman with me. Uh, I think he started out at defensive end, actually, uh, mm. with me, uh, before he uh, got bigger. A little bit. Yeah, I think they always kind of knew that was going to happen with him because <laughs> he had that frame that you could tell he was going to be a big dude. Um, yeah, I, I remember his last game. I think it was his last game playing defensive tackle, uh, which would have been that Utah State game 2012. Uh, he hadn't gotten a sack, and uh, we didn't know it was his last game on defense, obviously. But uh, yeah, he hadn't gotten a sack, uh, and I really wanted to get him a sack. And we, I think, it was a, a screen uh, screenplay that they had called, and uh, he got he got a tackle, and I thought he got a sack, and we were all like celebrating. And then we, uh, after the game, we found out they uh, they said it was a quarterback draw on the statistic sheet, so they counted as a tackle for loss. Oh, and so I was trying to get us to petition just to get him the sack. I was mad, but I know this has nothing to do with the question you asked, but that's just uh, <laughs> that's a funny story. <laughs> that's uh, something that I always remember. But uh, as far as going against the guy, um, yeah, first, like he was obviously a big athlete. Um, he. Yeah, he's a great athlete for a guy that size. You don't see guys move like that uh, at the size he is uh, very often. I think it was uh, at Louisiana Tech. Didn't he have a, a touchdown Shoot. that year, that same year? He recovered a fumble. He you might be pulling something I don't remember because I, I can't remember. He might have. 
I, th- I think I remember he recovered a, a, a fumble. And I don't know. I don't think he ran uh, it back very far. It's, it's bringing it down a little bit. Yeah. But I would have to look up the stat sheet on that. But uh, yeah. I, I might look that up right now. <laughs> I think you might. I think you might have. Uh, but yeah, going against him when he was on offense, uh, at first, like, yeah, he was just a, a raw. Uh, raw athlete out there uh, doing doing that. He played tight end in high school, which you don't have to really block like that <laughs> in high school. Uh, he's nothing against uh, two A ball, but yeah, it's not a uh, it's not collegiate football. Hey, that Soton team was pretty good though back in the day. What's that? Ooh. That Soton team was pretty good back in the day. They I'm not saying they were bad. I'm just saying the competition they faced wasn't the competition we were facing. And, 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 I yeah. think you, and I think you played tight end, too. I don't think you even played a, played tackle. That's what I said. Yeah. I said he played tight end. Huh? I said he played tight end. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Big number 99. I would go and watch those games. Oh, okay. I'd, okay. Go, I'd go watch those games when I was a kid. Oh, yeah. My no, mom was he, from the Soton. I watched Jesse when I was a kid, which is pretty funny. Oh yeah, no, he uh he was a beast, man. Like oh well, yeah, like I say, he had that frame always. And uh yeah, you just the learning curve for him was so steep, like uh just kept getting better and better every day. Um and eventually obviously he was good enough to uh to get a shot in the league. And it took him uh took him a while to give him a real shot, but once he got that shot, I mean he's been starting for what, this is gonna be his third season as a starter out there now, and so Okay, I, I, I found the play. It was uh, Louisiana Tech had uh, second and six at the Idaho nine. Uh, Robert Cave forced the fumble. Jesse Davis took it 84 yards oh, yeah, 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 yeah. to the one, to the one. And then, uh, and then James Baker ran it in on the next play. I forgot so about he was that. this close. Okay, I forgot about that, but now that you tell me, I do, I remember this play because uh, I remember in film the next day. Uh, we watched that play, and I don't know. I I feel like I shouldn't be calling him out, but I got love for him. So uh, Vince Keener missed a block on that play that would have sprung Jesse from the touchdown. Uh-huh. <laughs> he, uh, he 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 was looking to peel back when he just should have looked forward, and uh, he would have made that block. Jesse would have scored, but yeah. So he yeah, made it to eight. the one, and then James Baker vultured his touchdown. <laughs> Matt, uh, I, I got. I got to make sure I say got mad love for Vince though too. Uh, but yeah, yeah. <laughs> just miss that one block. <laughs> um, uh, Matt, two part question. First of all, who's a better athlete, you or your sister? And then two, um, <laughs> fa- fa- favorite moment as a Vandal athlete. I'm the. I'm, I'm my sister's biggest fan. Uh, I'll, I've always told people she's more naturally athletic than I am. I, I feel like I had to work for it a little bit harder than she did. She oh, played yeah. two sports too. Huh? She played two sports oh, too, yeah. pretty well. Oh yeah, she was a beast. But I always tell her, uh, even though she's more athletic, uh, I got a few pounds on her uh, on the <laughs> basketball court. I would just back her down. Uh, she's, definitely, she's definitely more skilled than I am, but I'm not afraid. I'm not too proud to just use my weight against her. So uh, <laughs> uh, she'll foul. She'll foul, and, and she won't call it. <laughs> Oh, that's okay. I, I'm used to that. Actually. They used to follow me all the time. I, it was the uh, Hackershack uh, principal because uh, I got fifty percent free throws in high school. <laughs> uh, that was the second second question. I'm sorry. F- favorite moment as a Vandal athlete? Uh, shoot. Favorite moment as a Vandal athlete? 
Oh, that's tough. I was going to say, so yeah, I, t I mentioned earlier that we, we obviously didn't win a lot when I was there, and that, that was tough. But uh, one of them that sticks out was uh, that win against, I think it was uh, against Temple at homecoming. Uh, yeah, yeah, 2013. That was the first win with Petrino. Yeah, that was, that, that's when Temple was part of the BCS still. Yeah. yeah. I think uh, Matt Rule was the head coach. Uh, NFL yeah. Coach yeah. They had uh, Robbie Anderson, uh, who also NFL wide receiver. Uh, they had a guy that I actually uh, trained with out here uh, when I was training for uh, – when I was playing professionally, uh, Deion Dawkins, who's now uh, – uh, I think he just got an extension with the Buffalo Bills. He was an offensive lineman, but he was a freshman back then, I think. So I don't yeah. even know if he was playing. But, um, yeah, that was a – I just remember because – uh, that was a, a game that could have went either way there at the end. Uh, I remember chasing down that quarterback with uh, Marius on the very last play, and I don't know how he got the ball down to the goal line because me and Marius both hit him, uh, and he was rolling against his arm, which, I don't know, this is incredible arm strength, but uh, luckily the ball hit the ground and we took that W. And I don't know, that just I felt like yeah, the game was just kind of on and we won the game and it was, it was a great feeling. Chad Chalish was balling out that day, just running all over the place. Yeah, that was a good game for him. And I, I remember the post-game press conference, uh, how emotional Paul was. Uh, he brought, he was so excited to bring his daughter in and, and start that tradition. And, and it was really emotional because you could see in his eyes just how much work he put in and how much he wanted it for you guys. Yeah. yeah. Like that, that, that game was, uh, yeah, particularly stands out, I guess. I mean, that started it. I mean, that goes back to what I was talking about, man. I mean, you got you to gotta, you gotta get used to the feeling of winning, and uh, that started it. I know it was still a struggle still after that, but yeah, all process. Yeah, uh, it was just, yeah, it was like you said. And also another, another part of that memory, I guess, not necessarily game day, but uh, the day before, just at the bonfire, getting to speak, yeah. to, the, speak to the Vandal faithful. Uh, get them hyped up, uh, get ready to get nasty and inebriated for us. So, <laughs> Always. Sean, do you have one more question for Mac? Mm. Uh, what are you up to these days, man? Uh, what's next for, for Vandal Legend Max Ford? Uh, like I said earlier, I think Legend might be a little bit uh, much, but I appreciate that. Uh, but what's next for me? Um, so I just finished my master's degree in business analytics at yeah. Arizona State. Okay. Uh, yeah, so I'm uh, trying to get a career started up in that um, and just kind of take have that go uh, where it takes me, see where that takes me. And uh, I'm just excited to get going with that because obviously I have a passion for football. Uh, that's why I did it for so long, but uh, it doesn't last forever. And mm. I, analytics is something that I think is pretty cool, just trying to make more sense out of the world. Uh don't make perfect sense out of it ever, but uh, if you can make it make a little bit more sense with the numbers, uh, I think it's kind of fun. And yeah, you know, it's, it's a fun pursuit for me. I'd, I'd like to to get deep into it and uh, make a, a solid career out of that. So, well, we got we got vandals all over the world doing big things, and uh, so we look forward to seeing yeah. what what this vandal down in Arizona is going to do. Max, before we let you go, we, we do a little thing called getting nice. So it's where you get to ask us any question. It can be anything, sports, 
non-sports. Um, so I'm not, we've kind of put you on the spot with it, but we're going to do an ad read real quick. So you can kind of dr- think of a question. Yeah, so right. Think of a question for us real quick. I'm going to do an ad read and then we'll come back to you. So uh, have your summer plans been canceled? Are you having a hard time finding a backup plan? Well, don't fret and don't look too far away. There are amazing options right out your back door that offer the ultimate mix of fun and adventure. Venture into the largest protected wilderness in the continental United States for the ultimate form of social distancing. Hughes River Expeditions has run first-class trips on, the ri- on rivers in the West since 1976. Enjoy a multi-day trip down the middle fork of the Salmon, the Salmon River Canyons, the Selway, or even special trips like one to see the Parasite Meteor Shower. Come on, pers- camp on pristine beaches, hike amazing trails, spot wildlife, soak in the beautiful natural hot springs, Taking the history along, taking the history along the river, fish some of the mo- remote stretch, fish some of the most remote stretches of the lower 48, and let Hughes River Expeditions handle everything else. Hughes River Expeditions is vandal owned and operated, and is ready to take you on a vacation of a lifetime. HRE is booking trips now through 2023. Don't miss out on a once in a lifetime trip right here in the gym state. You can check them out at HughesRiver.com or give them a call at the Hughes River Expedition office. What are you waiting for? Find out what it's like to grab a paddle, catch dinner, and ride, ride the bull on world-class rivers right here in the Northwest. Call them now at 800-262-1882. Again, 800-262-1882. There's never been a better time to get out in the fresh air in the Idaho backcountry. All right, Max, hopefully that long Adderley gave you some time to think about some questions for us. What do you got? You said questions multiple? Or? You can ask us one question to one of us or both. It's up to you. It's all, all right. to you. All right. All right. So I got one question for both of you guys. I said I wasn't going to do it, uh, okay. but I'm going to go for it. Um, so what makes Liverpool the best English Premier League team? Okay, bye. <laughs> all right. I said, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to kick them out of here. <laughs> Man. Sean, that hurts me worse than it should hurt you. So it's okay. Uh, uh, okay, I'll go first. Uh, 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 I have a huge amount of respect for for, for Jurgen Klopp and, and and what he's doing there. You know, they have a little bit of financial constraints. And I don't know. He's like he's like the Greg Popovich of of Europe, man. Guys just get to him, and he just identifies their weaknesses immediately and just eliminates them. And they just the way they played, just so focused this year was was really impressive to watch. Hopefully, we can get back to that next year. In case the listeners don't know, Manchester City right here. I'm very sad right now. <laughs> but uh, huge respect for Liverpool. Oh, but we 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 gonna take it back next year. We're gonna take it back. Next year. <laughs> all right, all right. Since the blue the blue side of Manchester is done talking, I'll, I'll speak for the red side. Okay. Um, you know, they were the not the greatest season ever. Um, I'm gonna say either the hundred well, point season, the Centurions. I'm going to either say the Invincibles or the first treble winners of United back in 99. But the Liverpool season, they won one trophy. It's okay. Um, they hold three right you know, now. Yeah, they, they don't hold it. I mean, they lost. Let's see. They lost the FA Cup. The, he's talking about the, the European Super Cup and the yeah, World Cup. The, the European Super Cup and the Club World Cup. Club World Cup. Who did they, they play? Flamingo? Like, come on. Like, that's, well, they're, they're not. Not. And they're not going to be able to hold those now. But they, exactly. they have one. So, so they're holders of one trophy. Because <laughs> the Champions League gets decided on Sunday. PSG's probably going to win. 
sorry, Bayern Munich fans. Um, but you know, Klopp, I will, I do give respect. God, he, he annoys me though. Um, he's so good. You know the way the way they use their overlapping fullbacks. Um, they almost are like wingers. Firmino is is a joke of a nine, um, but they could not get it done without him. His uh, what he finally scored. I think he scored his first goal, Premier League goal at home in like over a year on their last home game. I'm fairly they certain. Won all those games. That's crazy. Yeah, and they still won all those games because the way they invert their wingers of Salt, Salah, and Mane to basically rush, run inside and act like true, true. It's almost like a four four two. If you really want to kind of really get weird about it, but uh. <laughs> I don't know. Liverpool took them on to win a Premier League. That's all I got to say. I, I can count 13 that United won in the time that they had, they had last won. So it's a long I time do, to count to 13. I, I do want to say on that 100-point thing, um, maybe if there was a team that was pushing them, they would have made it. Like uh, there was a team pushing City when they scored 100 points. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm really relievd that we got to keep that record. <laughs> 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 Take it all from us. Liverpool's first loss to us to a relegated team now, so that's why the Premier League's best league in the world. Hey, we lost to North City too. Exactly. Just don't, don't. Even though a team can run away with it, it's still the best league in the world because never know when a relegation team is going to sneak up on uh, the champions any given day. Oh yeah. yeah. And uh, also, not a question, but just go cracking. <laughs> go cracking. Yes, go cracking. Cannot wait. Uh, yeah, I can't wait. Yeah. Oh man, I love the color scheme, the logo, everything, man. Also, Max, I heard that uh, you are quite the the fantasy hockey savant from from our good friend Theo Lawson. Yeah, yeah. I <laughs> I, uh, I think we play, I want to say two or three seasons, and uh, I was in the finals in all three, and I think I won two of those. So, ooh, okay. I'm also That's in your, I'm also in a fantasy football league with him, and and he's pretty bad at that though. <laughs> <laughs> Max, I got one more question for you before we let you go. Who's won the Stanley Cup? Um, shoot. I got to go. So I played my, my professional ball, most of it in Vancouver. So I got to go with the Canucks, even though uh, I know they're a little bit of a lower-seeded team. But they're, they're, they're hot right now. Once the Kraken start playing, they're going to be our rivals. So once <laughs> that comes in, I'm not with the Canucks anymore. But for right now, I got to go. All right. Okay. Okay. Uh-huh. All right, all right. We're good awesome. with that. good with that. Awesome. Well, Max. Really appreciate you taking time out of your out of your night to talk to us. Um, it's yeah. good seeing you again. Always good yeah, talking to former really good hearing from you. Former teammate. Um, yeah. You know, let the people know where they can find you, and then uh, we'll see you around. So, uh, sounds good. Dog says goodbye as well. <laughs> <laughs> awesome, awesome. All right, all right. See you, Max. Take care. Thanks for having me on, fellas. Yep. Yeah, for sure, for sure, man. It's good to see you. Ooh, that was cool. Chris, all right, you there? That was good. Uh, sorry, that was really good. All of it. That sucks. Uh, I was no, it's all good, man. You got you got stuff to do, man. Big shot, big shot, Chris. Yeah. Well, you know, I, I was up in Max's area too. I was up in Bothell. That's kind of out there by Woodenville too. Yeah, yeah. right up there, right up there. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Chris, thank God you're back. Uh, yeah. Good job on the ad read. Man, <laughs> yeah, use one's tough. That's a tough I, one. Now you feel the pain. It's not that easy. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, my, my eyes get lost in the lines as I'm reading. I just, I'm going to love the people that watch the interview on YouTube and they see me randomly pop in the middle. 
forget that I can remove myself from the stream, so I'm not just awkwardly <laughs> watching the interview. But yeah, yeah. it was like I wanted to tune in and see what you guys are talking to Max about because I was excited about this. But you yeah. guys had and I had nothing to contribute there in the middle. So, <laughs> but that was awesome. Awesome. Yeah, um, it was, yeah, it's really good hearing from him. Yeah, it's like I think he's still backstage actually too. Yeah. Um, Chris, do you want to take it from here for the rest of the time? Uh, we can, yeah, sure. Uh, We're on so COVID we, season news. we got COVID season mm-hmm. news. COVID season news. I mean, <laughs> I didn't add this on there, but uh, I I'm talking about how uh, FCS is done, done. We officially hit that 60% of the teams aren't in it. So the FCS playoffs has officially been moved. Well, at least been allowed to be moved to the spring. It hasn't been moved, but that just feels like semantics at this point. It's going to get moved to the spring if we play in the spring. Um, But otherwise, I mean, we're not the SEC, the ACC, and the Big 12 that think they've got it all figured out. So we'll do what we do. If we have football in the fall, I guess I'll have to find a team to root for down, down the dirty south. But otherwise, you know, I'm still stoked as ever for Vandals in the spring. I'm going to talk about the team we should all be rooting for here in, in the fall if that does happen. But uh, yeah, I'm just gonna, nah, <laughs> no, we're going to be UTEP fans, and I'll give you a couple of reasons why. All right, Jim, so Jim, Jim, Jim Center, their AD, used to be the Associate for Idaho for about 10 years, Boom, back in the 90s and 2000s. Nick Popwell, their Associate AD, Idaho grad, Idaho guy, one of my, one of my mentors in my profession. He's the Associate at UTEP for external operations. Oh man, that's so. Co- no. Couple, couple of vandals. Was it, was it, was it Nick Popwell, the architect of Throw the V? I don't know. He was the marketing was guy back in the. Yeah, if it is, you lost me now. But, <laughs> and, uh, the two two top guys in the athletic department are vandals, so it's the second farthest team out west, minus the BYU Cougars. So I think we're UTEP minor fans this year. Yeah. Okay. Hey, Mike Wright was there for a while too, so I, I could get behind. Yeah, another minor. connection, and I've been to El Paso. Driven by that stadium. Yeah. And if you're, it's a, okay. if you're a Friday Night Lights fan, they get a lot of Odessa and West Odessa kids out there. So Exactly. So, so UTEP Miners, that's that's my recommendation for Vandal fans for the fall. If the fall does happen, Conference USA is still playing. Um, but I kind of want to talk about, I keep up every day with like college football news mm-hmm. and what's kind of going on. Um, mm-hmm. Kind of some reports coming out is that um, – there is talk of this is getting pushed to the oversight committee for football already passed the first committee 12 hours a week of practice for teams in the fall who do who are going to play in this that's an organized activity whether it be a lift meeting so it sounds like we're going to be 12 hours a week don't know what number of practices look like yet how that's going to be thrown into there and then there's a large push um, from players even some athletic directors who actually the chair of the oversight committee for division division one football West Virginia AD wants to grant everyone an extra year of eligibility, even if they play this fall or spring. Just wipe this year from their eligibility, let them play, give them another year. Um, I know Sam Ellinger, the Texas quarterback, voiced some opinions to the athletic today on that. And then I also have heard that West Virginia's AD, the chair of the Oversight Committee for Division One football, wants to push that through as well. So guys maybe like uh, Kate Coffey or, or Mike Beaudry, uh, we could be maybe seeing student for the Vandals in the spring of 21 and maybe even the fall of 21. So if that, that could be big news, um, you know, for us, see how that, yeah. how that plays out. So that's yeah, big development from what Dan told us just last, well, I guess by the time this airs two weeks, but 
where they had like nothing planned and it looks like they've made a lot of progress in the week. So that's at least good to see that they're moving. And the Southwest Athletic Conference, um, one of the HBC leagues in the FCS, did formally announce an eight-game conference schedule starting February 27th, I want to say, with eight weeks of practice leading up to that and their conference championship on May 1st. So yeah. that gets first, the outline of the season, basically, what we should expect it to Yeah, play. so that's the first, that's the first with a one bye week, I think, in mid-March. So that is the first um, formally announced spring schedule outlook. So that's something we should kind of look for. I've always, I've always been pushing the March, April yeah. block. I think that's what we'll see is March, April, yeah. uh, maybe like February, first part of May. So yeah. was, I, only thing to remember with the SWAC too, when you're going like May 1st end date, you're like, wow, that seems really late. Um, one thing to think about is the fact that they don't participate in the FCS playoffs. Right. So they do the celebration bowl, so they only have to worry about one extra game. I would expect the teams that compete in the playoffs out of their season end probably earlier in April. And I, I would still think that the championship game is probably going to be over Labor Day weekend or first weekend in June. I don't think we're going to go. I think you mean Memorial Day weekend. If those yeah. Labor Day would be a little late in the year. Uh, I would expect Big Sky to end probably like third weekend of February or April probably. Yeah. Yeah, and I think the SWAC was planning on having a conference championship game and then playing the celebration bowl. After that, mm-hmm. so maybe a total of ten games um, for the champion of their league. So, um, but that's just kind of what I have for COVID season news. We're starting to see something, maybe at least get announced, or we have some idea. We're not as completely in the dark as we were even last time we talked. Yeah. So, which is yeah. it's really good and optimistic because you you really you have to you have to respect that these schools are really trying to look out for the safety of the students and the student athletes, but. You also have to realize, man, they're in such a tough spot financially. Of, of football has to be played. Football has to be played for if a you lot want to of play these any other sport. Yeah, for these athletics departments to survive. So it makes me feel really good that conferences and, and schools in the FCS are are, are balancing that thoughtfully, um, coming up with 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 plans. And uh, hopefully, if you have athletes on campus, you know we can have plans to protect them as well. Um, yeah, it's boy, this is such a tough spot. Yeah. Uh, so are we are we on the transfer portal now? I think we're on the transfer portal. Do we, do we have any transfer portal news other than keep writing the Eastern Washington yes. border regions? Keep emailing Eastern border regions to hire Chuck Saban. We're now on the hire Chuck Saban train, not the fire Chuck Saban train. Yeah, Sean, um, you gave a face like I don't think you saw last week's episode, did you? Where? Okay, dude. We, uh, Brian Marceau shared the Eastern Washington Board of Governors email. So he okay. goes, Hey, the Eastern Washington's president just stepped down. He goes, Oh my everybody gosh, like, you guys looking for a guy? We know a guy. We got yeah, a guy. We know a guy. So everybody to Idaho, write them and say, We've got this guy. He's a professor on our campus. You could probably give him a pay raise and he'd be has super experienced. Yeah. Yeah. He has presidential experience. Budget crisis, like, you know, if you're a faculty and you want to maybe drop down a level in football, the Great North Athletic, uh, Great Northwest Athletic Conference. G-Neck. fit for Eastern Washington. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Central is a new rival. Yeah, yeah. Western is gone. Central is a new rival. Yeah. More academically on Eastern's level. Mm-hmm. Simon Fraser. So, I don't I don't have the email with me, but I think it was like Easter EWU Regents at – ew.edu so 
give them give them a ride or listen to about the last five minutes of last week's episode. I did not send an email though, so my homework was incomplete. Give me an F for it. I love it. I love it. All right, Alex, you ran, you ran the whole podcast. I think you run closing the bar too, man. I don't want to hijack oh, your, your solo show here. I'm doing my oh, best, no. uh, Bobby Hauk. Uh, <laughs> don't have a link. Uh, 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 oh my god! Shoreline backyard, so not not quite Flathead Lake, but you know, no. doing my best. I work with what you got. Um, yeah, I guess cl- closing the bar now. Um, you know, look for us to have more interviews come up throughout the fall. Now that mm-hmm. our fall non-conference season is officially canceled, the last time we spoke to you guys, that hadn't happened yet. We're still planning on playing Temple September 12th somehow, um, but that's now officially solved. We're probably going to keep it bi-weekly, um, you know, moving on from here. So look for us, you know, every every other Thursday uh, on podcasts and Spotify, wherever you listen to podcasts, or if you watch us on YouTube. Um, we'll be announcing who we have interviews coming up with throughout um, Closing the Bar. Chris? I guess, I guess they don't know where to find you. If they don't, it's on the screen for those who are watching. If and not, then, it's yeah. underscore P underscore Hammond. Yeah. And Sean, I'm happy that you joined us. We're letting people know who don't listen to us all the time where they can find you. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at uh, S. Kramer Writes. Um, uh, hit me up. Uh, I want to talk vandals more, more often. I'm homesick. <laughs> uh, I miss my vandal family. Miss Seattle, I miss Moscow, I miss the club. Oh, I need a tub so bad. I miss Rainier beer. I miss Montucky cold snacks, man, which Most you can also mine. get at the club. Oh, I need right now. Oh, they need to get the taps going at the club. They they got it. They sell Montucky on tap in like Colorado. They need to get it out of Moscow too. They have they have they have snacks at the club. Yeah, they do. No, I've had on draft. Oh, oh draft. Yeah, oh, they yeah. only have it on draft in Colorado. You want? I want a tub of Montucky. Uh, that would be yeah. Just yeah. all you gotta do is just order, get two tall boys, and ask the bartender for a for a. Yeah, but then it's not two fifty. You know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, what kind yeah, of money do you have in Moscow? What kind of stipend? I'm a Coors Light tub kind of guy. So. <laughs> no, no wonder our athletic department's in a deficit. The players can afford two tall boys in Montucky at the club. <laughs> <laughs> Hell yeah! And if you're lucky enough, you might get a free one. A free one. <laughs> All right. Well, hey, it's good seeing you, Sean. Alex, yeah. good job. Uh, God, I'm I'm excited to watch this back and listen to the Max interview. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Awesome. Good, good vandal. Good vandal. You guys covered that he's like the number five prospect we've ever had. Uh, I think that actually got mentioned. Oh yeah. According to the two four seven sports. Fifth best recruit we've ever had. And then, ironically, number four is Mike Marbo. Same class. Wenatchee, I want to know if those two ever had some brawls because that's offense versus defense right there. Yeah, Mike's the one he never mentioned. You know, he talked about a bunch of offensive linemen and going against them. I don't think they ever ever played. He was on the, Mike was always on the interior. Yeah, and, yeah and Mike was playing center. Max is an outside guy. But, you know, I was thinking about when talking about all the guys who are in the pros off that 2014 team, it's kind of weird to think about. Like, wait yeah. a minute. Was Quinn and Bradley too? Yeah. He he got he some time. Yeah, uh, Quinn Bradley graduated after 2015. He I remember. Handed on the practice squad. He never really like broke broke out in the pros, but he he you know he had a practice squad for the line BC lines for a while. I guess. Um, oh, I forgot. I forgot about a uh, shoot. Um, Mason Woods, also a CSL guy. Yep. 
Forget about Mason because he's so quiet, but our parents, my parents are great friends. Friend. But yeah, so like, there's like a reason for Kevin Vandals on that one win 2014 team. So, uh, so the takeaway, if you're a Vandal, you got to pull for the BC line. That's just back now. Yeah, exactly. All right. All right. Awesome. Time for the best band right. on the land. Play us out. Yes. Oh my god, I need to hear it. Oh, yes. Go Vandal. Go Vandal. I'm gonna be in the